ain't a podcast that's flyer You are now tuned in to Direct Misfire Benson, you and Selick, tell everyone to tune in Let's roll the dice, let me show you what we doing A fantasy war game, play it smart and you win What you know about the crystal pen and the retribution Hero, hero, giants and knights galore It's an adventure, this is Kings of War Let's go Hulking, massively muscled creatures, ogres are twice the height of a man and many times his weight. Young ogres have left home for years of adventure since time immemorial, only returning to their tribes to start a family. The life of a mercenary comes naturally to them. As each ogre is a survivor of a brutal childhood in the frozen north, they are natural warriors, used to hunting giant beasts and defending their family group from all manner of threats. Once recruited by an ogre captain at the yearly ogre thing, an ogre brave will be given more advanced weapons training and taught battle drills, turning an already formidable fighter into a deadly monstrous soldier. Hello champs and welcome once again to another Direct Misfire Army review. Joining me as always is Selic. Hey hey. And Hugh. Howdy. As we analyze and assess the Ogre army list. So pull up a seat, grab a drink, and let's get into it. Okay, the Ogres, it's been a while since our last review. Yeah, well, some people are pretty keen to hear more about the Ogres, I guess. And they've uh, also um, increased in power since the last uh, Clash of Kings update. So there's a few good juicy changes in there at the moment. Yeah, definitely one of the topper half of the armies in the power rankings, I would say. Um, I think we have actually done a review on the Ogres many moons ago uh, with Spoon and yourself. Yes, uh, I think it was one of the first, because it was one of the uh, armies that I used to play regularly. Hmm. Yeah, they. I always thought of them previously as probably a um, middle-of-the-road army, but like maybe it like toward the the lower end of the middle of the road like the bottom half but the top of the bottom half if that makes sense but i feel like they've got a few power buffs recently and i wonder if they've uh lifted up a little bit awesome okay so let's start off with the the upgrade that the ogres get so a lot of the units have the option to take a croco dog so this is a um, cheap little upgrade and basically once per game when you're rolling to hit in combat you can choose to re-roll up to three of the dice that score a natural unmodified one. So it's sort of like elite, but up to a maximum of three dice. Which isn't that bad, considering you've got a lot of units that are hitting on threes. Yeah. Yeah, so they feel like not the best value for points for me. Like, I, I feel like there's nothing wrong with chucking five points into them if you sort of have a few points left at the end of your army, but I wouldn't build around them or put them on every unit or anything like that. That's my hunch, anyway. Hmm. Especially when there's a blade of slashing about, like I think that's just a better item for five points. Yeah, and even the staying stone I think works really well, particularly on some siege breakers that we'll get to as well. Making those go up to sixteen, mm. seventeen on the horde is, is pretty fantastic. All right, well let's start off with the rubbish of the army list. So we'll start off with the uh, the red goblin. So basically, there's a goblin. So the Red Goblin Rabble, Speed 5, Melee 5, No Ranged, Defense 4. Come in three sizes, Regiment, Horde, and Legion. And just the usual suspects in terms of unit strength, 2, 3, 4, 12, 25, 30 attacks on those different three. 12, 14, Nerve, 19, 21 on the Horde, and 25, 27 for the Legion. 
for 75, 125, and 180 points, respectively. And no additional special rules for these guys. They're just the keyword goblin. Mm. Very bog-standard goblins, which you rarely see in an ogre list. How do they differ, uh, Benson, between them and green goblins, apart from the colour? They don't, um, other than the name red (laughs) in the title and the, the keyword. Just because... I guess in the in the law they're called red goblins because they wear red to differentiate themselves from others, so they don't get accidentally hit by their own dudes. Yeah, and obviously uh, the green goblins, if we're going to call them that, uh, unlock as well. These are irregular. Yes. Yep. Oh right, they're irregular. No wonder you never you see them. Okay, yeah, I miss that. That's kind of obvious now that you say that, but. I have actually seen these guys only used in the regiments. Yeah, a bit of extra unit strength for a pretty low price. Um, sure, why not? Mm. 75 points um, for a unit strength 2 regiment with 12-14 nerve. That's uh, exactly the same as a Ratkin Warrior Regiment, which I take for a bit of unit strength sometimes, except Ratkins are 10, 10 points more, but then they've got an extra speed, which I think is pretty useful. So, yeah, I don't see why not taking a couple of regiments for just claiming things, but... I feel like ogres don't really lack in the you know little unit strength department, if only because of all their um, unit strength one characters and stuff. So yeah, totally without agree. without the unlocks, I'm not sure I see much of a use for these guys. Yeah. Mm. So we'll jump into their sharpstick brothers. Um, so they're red goblin sharpsticks, also a regular. Um, exactly the same stats there. So speed five, bellow five, no range with defense four. Uh, they come in all three flavors as well. The regiment, the horde and the legion. Exactly the same unit strength, two, three, four. Um, they do go up as do most spear units in attacks to 15, 30 and 35. And the nerve, 12, 14, 19, 21, 25, 27. And the points go up as well as you'd expect. 95, 155 and 230. Uh, these guys here do get the phalanx uh, special rule because of their sharp sticks. It falls into the same sort of bucket, I think, as the rabble. Yep. Maybe you want a horde to guard a flank. They do something that other ogre no. units don't do that well. At 155 as... points, you can get a, a useful ogre unit to do that. I guess so, but I mean, they can hold back a cavalry horde or a couple of cavalry hordes, perhaps a little bit better than most ogre units can. Um, ogres might suffer from you know, a lot of units that have a, that hit really hard and have a lot of speed because the ogres are just, you know, mostly movement six. So maybe there's a use for a phalanx unit, but mm. I don't know. Kind of stretching, I, I, I'd probably agree with you, but I think I'd, I wouldn't write them off immediately, that's all. I mean, yeah, it's not a not a bad choice. It just, it, it's hard to fit into an ogre list. Yeah. And I think that's, they've spoiled for choice just with yeah. that, for that point cost, like what you get in other units. I think, yeah, you can spend 230 points very well in this list. True. Uh, next up is Red Goblin Spitters, which are the shooty version. Uh, sorry, they're speed five, melee six, ranged five, defense three. So you go, you go down into defense for the range, which is pretty much how these units usually work. So 24 inch bows, uh, regimental horde, unit strength two and three respectively. 10 attacks, 12, 14, and 90 points on the regiment. Uh, 20 attacks, 19, 21, and 160 points on the horde. So if you want a little bit of shooting... Look, if you're taking an irregular unit that just sort of is going to sit around and gain you a bit of unit strength, uh, I don't see why you wouldn't go with one of the ones that can shoot rather than the ones that can't. I mean, sometimes in similar equivalents in other armies, you wouldn't go for... 
the shooter unit because it's irregular, but in this case, they all are these little gobbos. So maybe just take the shooty ones to sit in a point. Absolutely terrible in combat as well. So that's that's all they're doing sitting there and if something charges them, then well, they're dead. Mm. Yeah, that's pretty true of the regular rabble too, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but rabble have a bit more defense and occasionally you can punch back. Like I've, with playing goblins, melee five, I have gotten lucky uh, rolling fives and sixes but it's not going to happen with just sixes. Um, you just don't see them. And there's, there's a pretty good reason why. Mm. Yeah, I think maybe one of the reasons why could also be that ogres tend to be more of the like aggressive approach the opponent and get stuck into them kind of list as opposed to the sort of sit back and shoot list. And so there's less uh, motivation to just take some poxy bow units, which you might add to a gun line list or something with a lot of shooting. Hmm. I also find with these kinds of units, uh, if you have it on the flank, it makes it a lot easier for your opponent to charge it, smash it, and then reform and look at your flank. Um, if they have a big flying gribbly, which usually isn't nimble, it can do that mm. now because you've got a small cheap thing that's supposed to be holding unit strength, but now it's dead and now you've got this uh, angry monster looking at your flank because of the combat reform. Yeah, in the regiment size for sure. Yeah. All right, well, let's move on to the mounted version. So the Rabbit Goblin Scout, speed 10, melee 4, no range, defense 4, troop and regiments only, unit strength 1 on the troop, 3 on the regiment, 7 attacks for the troop, 14 for the regiment, 10-12 uh, nerve, and 13-15 at 100 points and 155. Now these are nice and quick with nimble, thunderous charge and vicious in melee only. Great in the goblin list, might be okay for something nice and quick in the ogre list as the regiment, or fast chaff as well, I guess, in the troop, but they don't come up as often. Yeah, so I think they've started to come back into favour a little bit, just as that fast chaff in the troop size. Mm. I think it depends okay. what else you've got for chaff, but I think they're a perfectly valid chaff option. Yeah, I think another big worry with the scouts is that they can be wavered so if you run out there and then they waver you can't really get them out efficiently so you, you it stalls your army line yeah definitely can yeah yeah you start to block yourself up yeah and that's not what you need as ogres so the uh shooty version of the goblin scouts are also irregular and they're called sniffs um so red goblin scout sniffs they're also speed 10 they're melee 4 they're range 5 with a three defense, so one lower than the other scouts. Uh, they only come in a troops though, uh, with unit strength one, seven attacks, nine eleven nerve at 105 points, so five more points than the troops. And they come with nimble, uh, also vicious in melee, even though they're, yeah, they don't get thunderous, that's right. So nimble and just uh, vicious in melee with uh, steady aim on their short bows, so 18 inch range. Not a bad option as well for five extra points, you get some shots in. If I was gonna go a goblin shaft this is what i would take just because it, they're more like um shooty gargoyles without regen uh, that lower nerve means that if they do get charged because they're trying to stall then they're more likely to mm. die than waver yeah and one less defense as well so they they will actually take wounds more yeah. efficiently which is what i want as a uh, a chaff unit yeah, that makes sense. It's, 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 not, it's not often you get to uh, call a lower defense an advantage. but <laughs> <laughs> That's just the way you got to think, Hugh. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Um, I think we're all in agreement we're not staking items on any of these units. 
Yeah. Oh, certainly not. All right, so let's move on to the meaty boys. How about you take us take us away with the chariots? So the warrior chariots are speed eight, melee three, range nothing, and defense five. So that's pretty nice already, having a melee three and defense five and a rare speed eight unit in this army. So you, they come in troop, regiment, horde, or legion. So in the troop, 10 attacks, 13, 15 nerve, 170 points. Uh, for, to go up to 215 points, you get 15, 17 nerve, and 15 attacks. To go to 270 points, which is the horde, you get 17, 19 nerve and 20 attacks. And then for the legion, 310 points gets you 20, 22 nerve and 25 attacks. You go up one unit strength each time and five attacks each time. And you also go up two nerve each time, uh, with the Mm. exception of the legion, which grabs three cheeky nerve instead of two. So pretty like uh, sensible progression there up in both points and... Just take them in whatever size you want, basically. They're quite a flexible unit in that sense. Legions are huge, though. Mm. As soon as you go up into the Horde or the Legion side, you have to bolt in Strider. Mm. Yeah, well, it's sort of 45 points to go from troop to regiment, but then going from Horde to Legion is only 40 points. You can see they've made a few little adjustments there. You also get one extra nerve in the Legion. So it's more efficient to be a Legion, but then the base size is such that it's super-duper unwieldy, obviously. Mm. Yeah, they they have Brutal, uh, Crush 1, and Thunderous Charge 2. So, yeah, very, very hitty unit and fast for the Ogres. Being able to have... I would include at least one unit of these in my Ogre army, I think, most of the time by virtue of the fact that otherwise you can get in this trap where you've got all these Ogre hordes and stuff. You have heaps of movement six which is fine except i know from playing ratkin army where they're all movement six it's it's really helpful to have at least one or two units that can reach out that little bit further what size would you be taking i don't know actually that's a good question there's depends on the the tools for the job right i'm thinking like a couple of regiments look quite attractive yeah i'm I'm not sure i would take any to be honest nimble troop would be fun don't know i've never Mm. i've never played uh, the, with the chariots at all or played against them yeah i'm not sure why they're not more popular they seem like a pretty solidly costed unit for me i mean i guess they're quite expensive for the nerve but you expect mm. that when you defense five and melee three in speed eight like melee three is nuts they're also reasonable shielders as well because they're height four and defense mm. five with some reasonable nerve yep see over hills as well which is always handy mm. any items that you'd be looking at just strider yeah. <laughs> Strider, Pathfinder, Pathfinder, or Strider. Yeah. Just the same, the same things you put on every single cavalry unit in the history of the world, basically. Mm. Uh, especially since they're Thunder Two, you don't want to be losing that. Don't want to be going to melee four. You want them to be hitting reliably because yeah. their attacks are very high quality. But um, unless you're going like Legion size, it's not necessarily a huge number of them. So you don't want them suffering from being hindered. And they're so bulky, footprint-wise, that there's the hind- the hindrance is just so likely. I don't mm. think there's really Extra speed may be okay as well on the small unit, like on a regiment or troop. All right, well, let's move on to the ranged version. So we've got Boomer Chariots, so speed 8, melee 4, range 4, defense 4, troops and regiments only, no hordes or legions, uh, unit strength 1 and 2, 8 attacks for the troops, 12 for the regiment, 13, or 11, 13 nerve on the troop and 13, 15 on the regiment, at 145 and 180 points. Now, these guys strangely have aura stealthy which is a bit of a out there rule for these guys. Um, they're also brutal, crushing strength one, and carry boom sticks, so range 12, piercing one, steady aim. Weapons. I don't know about these guys. I feel like 
are supposed to be like more nimble boomers, but the damage output isn't as good, the nerve isn't as good, and they're still quite expensive. I don't know how these guys sh should be used. Um, yeah, I'm totally in agreement with you, Benson. Um, you have a look at the points, you have a look at the damage output, and nothing adds up. So, like, I mean, I've never seen these units either. Defense 4. I mean, that's so expensive for Defense 4. Low nerve for the rest of the yogas. Like, 11, 13. Yeah, they're going to be a target, points. too, because they can shoot, like, yeah. reasonably well. So, and admittedly, only at 12 inches. Yeah, these this unit is a bit of a potato, I reckon. Harder to hide because of height 4. Mm. Like, I'd be targeting it. I'd be taking it off, for sure. Hell, yeah. The damage output, though, isn't that much of a threat. It's something that you could probably leave for a little while. Even in the regiment form, 180 points for 12 attacks, hitting on fours. Yeah, it reminds me, effectiveness-wise, of those little war machines that are like uh, breath attack kind of war machines. You know, mm. There's quite a few of them in different lists. And they um, just seem better than this, to be honest, because they're way cheaper. Mm. And not hugely harder to kill. Like, definitely harder, but perhaps not enough for it to matter too much. And they're more, more able to get in gaps and get those shots off because 12 inches is not too far mm. to shoot. Yeah. I think that's a big point there, the size. Yeah, that is a really good point. This is just going to get in the way. Uh, this is a hard no for me. Probably the first yep. hard no. I think there's plausible you could yep. use some of the other units, but this Boomer Chariot's um, irregular. It's just got nothing going for it. No. Pass. Yeah, uh, right in with your stories of kicking ass with Boomer Chariots. <laughs> Boomers, if, yeah, if you have any. <laughs> if you have any. Let us know. <laughs> Please. Love to hear. But what does stack up, for me anyway, is the first of the large infantry units, and that's the Boomers. So these guys come as speed 6, melee 4, range 4, defense 4, only come in regiments and hordes. Unit strength is 2 and 3, respectively. Attacks 9 and 18, and the nerve 12, 14, 15, 17, and points, 140 and 230. Now, these guys come with a couple of special rules. Brutal, which is pretty much across the board for all ogres, and Crushing Strength 1, and their boomsticks are 12-inch Piercing 1 Steady Aim little rockets things. Um, these guys here are scary, um, purely because you can't fly over the ogre units um, because these guys will just pivot on the spot and with 18 attacks hitting on 4s um, at PS1, they are nasty. They're the best fly defense that the ogres have got, I think. Mm. Yeah, and they need it too because flyers are such a problem for ogres, especially like nasty, um, dragony kinds of flyers. So having mm. an answer to them is important, I think. And it's not the only answer, but it's definitely one of the best ones. And if they don't have any flying dragons and stuff, you can just shoot anyone else too. Mm. Mm. With the boomers, they're actually quite capable in combat as well. So at melee 4, 18 attacks with crush 1, um, they'll actually dish out a little bit of damage um, as well, just on the counter attacks. Like a unit of trolls. Just like a unit of trolls, apart from with big big boomsticks. Yeah, they're a shooting unit mm. that you can't expose your flank to because they'll rip you a new one if you do, so that's yep. pretty good. I think you're taking these in hordes, not regiments, um, and I'm thinking the boomer chariot is probably... A good example, if you take a regiment, just take a troop of chariots instead because it's an mm. easier footprint and you get extra speed, but there's not much in terms of points, attacks, or nerve mm. between the two. So you'd, I would think you would want the extra speed. Yeah, potentially. I just don't think if you're going to have a spare 140 points, you don't go boomers. No. <laughs> no. 
uh, items, maybe fire oil, but that's it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I can't see anything else. I have seen them run with uh, elite item. Oh, yeah. Just purely because it's elite on yeah, both ranged reasonable. and melee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but still, yeah. not a bad idea, but yeah, I'd probably just take them as is, I reckon. Yeah, vanilla. Nothing wrong with the staying stone either, if you've got a spare cheeky five points. Okay, cool. So then I guess uh, after the boomers, you've got the shooters. So these guys are irregular. Um, they've got speed six, melee four, range five, defense four. Regiments and hordes available. Regiment is unit strength one, nine attacks, 12, 14 nerve and 140 points. The horde is unit strength two, 18 attacks, 15, 17 nerve and 230 points. So these guys have got brutal and crush one, much like the boomers and other ogres. But they also have heavy crossbows, so 30-inch range at PS2 and pot shot. Remember when shooters used to be the be-all and end-all? Yeah, and then <laughs> yeah. they made them irregular, and then they fell out of fashion. Yeah, can't take them in uh, as allies, and then they just dropped off. Mm. People were taking two hordes of them, and then all of a sudden it's 36 attacks, PS2, and you couldn't counter them very easy because of that 30-inch range. And that, that's still the case, mm. um, but they have fallen out of vogue a little bit as the shooting meta has gone away, yeah, which is good, I guess. It's still, they're still <laughs> pretty damn good. I mean, Night Stalker's going to eat him for brekkie, but against most other armies, that's some pretty devastating shooting. Because they're irregular, having one horde is great, but having two is so much better because they create enough fire between them to like threaten you know, cavalry units and anything that would attack them, basically. And if one of them fluffs the shot, the other one can hopefully deal with it. And both of them combined can take off a horde quite quickly, um, sometimes in a single volley with a decent volley. So having two is really nasty, but that's a lot of points to sink into. That's 460 at least to sink into irregular units when you need Mm. your unlocks. Mm. So I can see why people are taking them less. But if you had a single horde... And they were combined with a bunch of other shooting, like you had some boomers or some other reliable, slightly longer range shooting, maybe even, heaven forbid, some goblin spitters or something, then I could still see (laughs) one horde being really good. Yeah. Uh, No, I think one horde, you've still got to deal with it. And as I've mentioned, that 30-inch range is its probably its biggest strength, is it can sit back, it's got quite good unit strength, you've got to deal with it at some point, or else it will just chip wounds away all game. Well, you should bloody hope so for 230 points. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, I think it'll it'll chip away on everything um, is more more the point. So defense six, well, this will take it down to, to fours. Range five, hitting, winning on fours. Yeah, maybe the good dwarf stuff don't really matter too much. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to pass on these guys. Passing on the shooters? I think they're solid, yeah. but um, I don't know that they'd make every list. In fact... I don't know that they'd make most lists of mine, but I think they're an interesting unit to take. <laughs> I've been seeing them in a different direction. Yeah. Mm. How about we take a break here and then, because we've been talking for a bit now, um, let the listeners get a bit of lore about the ogres. And then when we come back, we'll start talking about the meat and taters of the army. Mm. All right, we'll do that. We'll be back soon. Ogres are extremely strong and so carry heavy swords and shields. His armor in the north is generally of tough hide, but once he joins the mercenary band, an ogre will spend his first few months' pay on proper armor of thick iron plates, all provided at a reasonable price, but he's captain of course. 
Some favor huge two-handed weapons they call orc cleavers, which, when brought down hard on the skull of an orc, generally tend to live up to their name. The veteran mercenaries of Mosfet's iron hammers use their trademark weapons to crush their foes' skulls, making sure they are well and truly dead. Alrighty, as I was saying, the meat and potatoes, the big chonkies, that's going to make up the most of the army lists, are the dudes on foot, and the most uh, popular or basic choice, I guess, that you'll come across are the warriors. So these are large infantry size, uh, speed 6, melee 3, no range, defense 5, regiment, horde and legion sizes, uh, unit strength 2, 3, 4, with 9, 18 and 36 attacks. For 12, 14 nerve, 15, 17 on the horde, and 22, 24 on the legion. For 120 points on the regiment, 200 on the horde, 350 points on the legion. They come with brutal and crushing strength 1 as standard, and you get a couple of options. You can either drop their defense to 4, but up their crushing strength to 2 for free, and you can give them a crocodile as a little mascot. Mm. Uh, so, warriors, the regiments now unlock, which is a big thing. Yep. Yeah, because the regiments are pretty you good. You used to have to take hordes of these guys, but yeah, now the regiments nerve 12, 14, defense 5, roadblocks for 120 points. Yeah, 9 attacks on 3s with crush 1 is not bad damage output. Like, it's not great, but it's, brutal. It's, it's okay yeah. for the points at only 120. Yeah, including brutal, good point. Uh, I think I'd probably keep the defense 5 and then they're, you know, for 120 points, D5, roadblock, not too shabby. Yeah, for sure. I really like these guys in the regiments. Nothing wrong with a horde either as a, as a damage dealer. Just give them... I'd probably take the two-hand weapons at that point. I think it just depends. You can't go wrong with a horde. Yeah. Mm. Legion I is think- crazy. It's just so expensive and so... So wide as well. So wide. Yeah, when you can fit two ogre hordes right next to each other, two different units, um, and they take up the same space as the Legion. Not mm. sure why... You would ever really go a and legion. And you'd need Pathfinder on them as well. Yeah. Legion is technically more efficient points-wise. I mean, you don't really need Pathfinder, I don't think. 36 attacks on threes. If they go down by... On fours. Yeah, but so what? There's 36 of them. <laughs> That's so many attacks. Mm. They should hopefully still go through whatever they're going through. But it's it's also not just the neg one. It's the now you can't uh, at the double through terrain, which you're going to be hitting just about... <laughs> everything mm. so it's either walk six or charge and yeah and they'll be so easy to block up as well because they're so wide so chaff gets in the way super easy yeah and they can be multi-charged so much easier as well yep i to- totally agree with everything benson's just said if i saw a 350 which will have to be have a, a an item on it to make it valid so let's just say 365 or so um I would just be throwing anything at it. And you'd just charge an individual over at it, do one wound on it and buy another turn and it will just stay there. So, yeah. yeah. And like, even if you just smash it in the front with a couple of units and then overrun, because they're so wide, like it's, the army would have to be setting up, thinking, all right, my legion's going to die. If they come through, I have to make sure I've got units looking in wood to be able to hit mm. them. But then you're exposing the flanks of them at, to the front. Yeah, it's no, it's... It's a puzzle that I don't want to play with. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'd love to see someone put in some time to model a legion in a really interesting way, though. That could be cool. Mm, that's true. Multi-base a legion, so you stuck with it. and then Yeah, that's right. <laughs> As if anyone's not going to make two hordes, right, or even four troops. Um, but, yeah, yeah, multi-base the crap out of it. Get, like, some wicked scene happening in the middle with a bunch of ogres beating each other up or something. Okay, so we're pretty much saying regiments and hordes. Regiments are good. Probably yep. not taking the the extra, the exchanging the shields for two-handed weapons um, and crocodiles. Maybe if you got five points left over and Crocodiles, there's nothing else. If you left. got five points, yeah. yeah, yeah. And like hordes with extra weapon for the crushing two is a nice solid damage output. Hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. All right. So the other one that so the other large infantry that we don't see that often is the Hunters. Uh, so speed 7, a little bit quicker. Uh, melee 3, no range, defense 4. They come in regiments and horde as well. Unit strength 2 and 3. Attacks 9 and 18. With the nerve 12, 14 and 15, 17. Points 135 and 225. So I think they've had a little bit of a, a points buff uh, recently. So lots of special rules on these guys. So they've got Brutal, crushing strength 1. So pretty much like every other ogre. But now they've got Ensnare. Pathfinder and Slayer melee 3. So Slayer being up against big monster boys, they get an extra D3 attacks. Um, they've got a, a tag-on option there of the Crocodile as well. Benson, you like these guys, don't you? I love them. I think these guys with the Brew of Haste, um, I mean, it puts them up to what, 245, but that makes them a really solid cavalry unit, speed 8, with Pathfinder built in and ensnare. Icing is the Slayer for hitting your your big boys, which they will be. Um, that's what you go after. I think they're fantastic because mm. they they they, don't, they like hit, it's hiding in the forest, so the defense isn't so bad because uh, guys that are charging them are probably going to be hindered, hopefully, mm-hmm. or they'll get the cover with uh, any shooting, and then they'll zip out with their threat range of sixteen. Yeah. Yeah, 240, they're a slightly cheap, so 240 with a plus one speed. I was thinking exactly the same thing, Benson, read my mind, that because uh, the reason for plus one speed, I think primarily is that being speed seven is great, but being speed eight um, means that you can threaten cav and cavalry can't just sit two inches away from you because most cav is speed eight. Um, of course, there's some speed mm. nine and ten stuff that's going to outrange you, but mm. generally they're less hitty kinds of things that don't want to charge into a ensnare unit. So... Yeah, they do the similar thing to the chariots, but a little bit cheaper, point for point. Um, the chariots for about 30 points more, and really they're more than that. They're really, they're more like 50 points more once you give them Pathfinder, which is a closer comparison, I think. The chariots hit harder and have a bit of a higher nerve and a higher defense, so they're like a more powerful version of the unit, but then they don't have that ensnare, and uh, they're yeah, obviously about, about 50 points more, so... I think one of those two units is a really useful thing to have, at least in my head. I think having having that speed in your army somewhere is important and hunters are a good alternative to the chariots. Yeah, underrated unit, mm. I think. Yeah, I think they're awesome. And when they're hitting the um, the big chunky dragons, which are usually melee three with reduced attacks, usually like between nine and 12, the ensnare then kicks into effect, making them to four, and mm. then that sort of helps with their defense in it means they survive and then they're getting extra attacks because of the slayer yeah yeah another useful comparison i think is comparing them to a regiment compared to the regiment of warriors so they're 15 points more um but then and they have one less defense so they're a little bit less good defensively against like 
things with a mediocre amount of crushing perhaps like crush one or something like that Um, because the ensnare and the defense is basically a wash but they're actually more defensively strong against things with a lot of crushing like you like Benson Mm. was saying there with the dragon if you've got crush three or more then your ensnare actually still does the work while it's the defense does not and also ensnare of course can stack on with if they're being hindered through terrain so if you can use terrain Mm. well a regiment of hunters for that extra 15 points is going to hold up um, units quite a bit better than a regiment of warriors is especially if they're like hiding in forests and stuff which is very themey for a hunter um, and i think that's actually a pretty cool little option so outside of speed any other items that you put on no speed or nothing for me mm. yeah i can't think of anything in particular that i'd want because i'm thinking of them as more of a defensive unit in the regiment and in the horde it's more like a pounce on a big thing i guess you could give them a crushing item or something it's not too bad, but I'd rather speed. Yeah, I'm a bit disappointed that the Slayer is not doubled for a Horde. Like It's the same for the Regiment as well as the Horde with D3. I'd like D6 on a Horde maybe. Yeah, that'd be cool maybe actually. Being greedy, I don't know. <laughs> Slayer D3 yeah, is more of like a gravy, like fluff thing and anything else, right? Because it's pretty small buff like a lot of the time. Uh, but if you get be... into a flank, that's... If you get into a flank of a monster, yeah, sure. It's, it's, it's useful, don't get me wrong. It's, it's just I wouldn't like be like, yep, yeah, Slayer's really the thing that makes this unit great. It's more like a, it's, no. it's a little minor. Extra. It's a cherry. Yeah. Next is Berserker Braves, the powerful uh, brave Berserker friendos. They have speed six, melee four, range dash and defense four. So you'll notice as compared to Warriors right away, they've dropped a melee and a defense. Um, they have a regiment or a horde. Regiment is unit strength 2, 15 attacks, dash, 15 nerve, and 140 points. The horde is unit strength 3, 30 attacks, dash, 18 nerve, and 230 points. They are brutal, crush 1, and wild charge, D3. Hmm. So they're a little These bit more expensive than their warrior counterparts, and they have worse stats, but they have... A lot of attacks. So I say worse stats. They have mm. one less melee and they have one less defense, which definitely matters. But they're a little bit quicker and wild charge is great on a, on a movement six unit. It's really good. Um, and then they also just have a bucket load of attacks. Mm. Quantity over quality. Yeah. I think if you're not taking hunters, the speed on these guys is really good too. Speed seven with wild charge. Oh, yeah. Um, on the horde. You don't see them often as the horde because the regiment is really good and it works well with the um warlocks which we'll talk about later um i think one of their biggest uh positives is the fact that that fearless 15 no worried about getting wavered they're good chaff in that that regiment size i think for 140 points so yeah it's it's pretty costly but the dash 15 thick chaff you you've got to deal with them and 15 attacks uh, they'll hurt and you can't give them a flank or else they'll destroy units um, and that wild charge d3 is always something that because they're speed six so they, they keep up with some of the quicker armies like the ratkin etc um, but that d3 just gives them the edge and so they can often just sit back and wait until the they roll a five or six on the wild charge and go all right now i've actually got a little bit more more range here so they're quite dangerous i think um in the regiment form um also once again the if for, for against units with crush three or more, this is your better unit to block those kinds of units up than a warrior unit 
because while Warriors are defense five, these guys have the better nerve. So dash 18 on a regiment as compared to 15, 17, there's no like if, – if you're getting those kinds of medium amounts of damage through seven or eight wounds on them, that kind of thing, the Warriors are very likely to end up wavered. Um, these guys are all too often – I don't know how many times against Bensom's Ogres I've managed <laughs> to – get like you know how it is with fearless units you always do one less Justness. than you need and you're mm. like damn it you're like one you know you end up rolling up 17 nerve on them and then they just hit you back at full force and you're like man that hurt so yeah <laughs> fearless is so good i find the hordes are also difficult to sort of work with because i like them with speed but you sort of need them with pathfinder because if they become mm. hindered then hitting on fives. They're just as effective as bloody a goblin horde. Yeah, true, true. I think that would be a lock if you're taking the horde. 30 attacks, you just can't afford to be dropping to melee five at all. That hurts so much. Yeah. You know, I actually overall prefer the warriors. I think they're just a really good unit for the points because these guys, you do pay um, 20 and 30 points more respectively. So you are really paying for that wild charge and the fearlessness, unlike undead who don't seem to pay for fearless. These guys are actually paying for (laughs) it. And yeah, they've got a lot of attacks. So they're more so than the warriors who are kind of quite self-contained for their points and they kind of do what that says on the tin. These guys, I feel like they need a little help with an item and you give them an item because another crushing is really tempting too when you have crush one and that many attacks, right? So crushing or um, pathfinder, as you say, or or speed, there's so many things that can take these guys up to the next level and make them feel more like a hammer unit. But you Mm. are paying quite a few points just like warriors are very efficient for the points yeah i still like a don't get me wrong i still like a regiment or a horde of these in your armies but i'm my um core is going to be would be warriors in ogres rather than um rather than braves that's me personally it's a preferable Mm. thing there i know we'll discuss it a little bit later but i think now's a pretty good time to mention one of the key power points of the ogre army and that is the ogre warlocks having the ogre warlock special rule beautifully named i thought Uh, So that's for each large infantry regiment, horde, or legion within six inches of the Ogre Warlocks. Uh, They will increase the amount of dice rolled for Drain Life, Fireball, Lightning Bolt, and Mind Fog by one, up to a maximum of three. So for Hugh there with his warriors, for 120 points, you're not only getting a nice regiment, but you're actually creating a ranged threat as well. Uh, It's really, really common to run these guys with uh, Lightning Bolt, and it just makes uh, the Warlocks really, really strong. Okay, so let's go on to the last of the standard troops, which they're a bit ridiculous, and you'll see why in a sec. The Siege Breakers. So these are speed 6, melee 3, no ranged, defense 5. Regiment and Hordes, unit strength 2 and 3, 9 and 18 attacks like standard, large infantry. 12, 14 nerve on the regiment, 15, 17 on the Horde at 145 and 240 points respectively. But these guys come with big shield. Brutal and crushing strength two. So it's defense Ooh. six in the front. That's pretty solid considering the points. Um, I think, I mean, the recent it's update nuts. has increased their <laughs> defense so from good. four to five. So getting them in the flank isn't even <laughs> that, uh, that, that worrisome. But yeah, they're, they're crazy. If you just take a warrior regiment or horde, so same deal. In in a regiment, you pay twenty five points, and in the horde, you pay forty points to go from 
defense five to well they're, they're the same defense i guess but six in the front you get and you get a crush yep. strength and for yep. me that's worth Ooh, the yeah. points more often yep. than not the defense six in the front is is awesome but the even just the extra crushing as well is you know that's 30 point item it was it 40 in a horde i forget uh, it's 40. Brew of Strength is 40 for the Horde. For for the same price as giving a Warrior Horde the Brew of Strength, you get that cheeky defense six in the front for free. Yeah. Yeah. So these guys here are the bees knees. Um, so if you have a look at uh, a lot of tournament lists, you'll see these in pretty much all lists um, just because they're that they're that In good. triplicate? In triplicate, yeah. I think there was even uh, the Lone Wolf tournament. There was a guy that was taking five Hordes of these um, in 2300. Hmm. He should have had a resub. <laughs> a resub. Because that's just so boring, man. I don't want to play and then five when you combine the Sorry. these Defense 6 slash Defense 5 fellas with the Warlock's boosted Drain Life or Nomag's boosted Heal because you've got other regiments about, giving them, what, seven on the dice, seven mm. different dice to heal them back, it's painful. Yep. Yeah, they feel like they should be 10 or 20 points more because they kind of invalidate their friends around that similar value a little bit for me. I wouldn't give them items either. I don't mind the Staying Stone on it just to keep the yeah, nerve nice points, and high yeah. or the Fury item. I've seen a lot as well. Mm. Yeah, you want them hidden Yeah, back. You don't want your expensive unit just getting wavered, do you? So, yeah, I can see that. That makes sense. Mm. And, like, I mean, if you manage to waver a Siegebreaker and you're like, yes... And then they come back with fury. Um, it pretty much kills you because it would have been the second <laughs> second time second attack. So, oof. Yeah. All right. Let's let's go on to the weirdos. The weirdos. The I like the these guys. So this is a new addition, a new addition to the list, and it's the crocodile wrangler. Um, so this one here mm-hmm. is speed six and melee three, no range, defense four. It's got no unit strength because it is a monster, but just on a cav base. It's got a whopping seven attacks, and Nerve is only 11.13 for 110 points. Special rules, it's got a lot. Crushing Strength 1, it's got Duelist, Individual, Through the Legs, which is a special one that we'll get to in a moment, and Vicious Melee, Wild Charge D3 plus 1, and it's also got the keywords Beast, Crocodile, and Goblin. So through the legs is for all friendly core units with the ogre keyword. They do not block line of sight and they can be charged through by the crocodile wrangler as long as it ends its movement clear. So what this means is that you can sit it behind all of your ogre regiments that we've just gone through and it can literally charge through with its uh, extra range and effectively block units. Um, So pretty cool little special rule, I think. This is the most Bensom unit I think I've ever read. <laughs> yeah, it's my favourite unit of the list. I love them. <laughs> I'm not surprised. And that through the legs is a deceptively powerful rule. I actually played Bensom on... We, we were trying out um, TTS. Tabletop. Yeah. Uh, tabletop simulator version of uh, Kings of War recently, which has come a long way, by the way. Mm. It's really good. Mm. Um, and Crocodile Wranglers, uh, I think you took... Was it just two, Bensom? Two. But yep. They were a nightmare to deal with. Like it's it's almost impossible to counter them, unlike other chaff units, because they just stand behind your regiment. I mean, if they had speed eight, they'd be completely broken. But we, at speed six, I <laughs> yeah. guess at least it's manageable. You can stay out of their range to some extent. But they stand behind your regiment or horde of ogres. And they're 
virtually impossible to target with anything or, or damage in any way. And then they just shoot out and they do really reasonable damage. Like they, they, they pack a punch. Yeah. With vicious yeah, and they, crush one. Yeah. Seven attacks with threes, crush one, vicious. Um, it helped that Benson was repeatedly rolling off <laughs> his tits as he likes to do with these kinds of units, but <laughs> um, belting out like, you know, six or seven damage each time they charge anything. But, but, you know, even with like three or four damage, which is kind of what they'll quite frequently do uh, with melee three, vicious and the rest of it, they're, they're really kind of threatening, especially if you have a couple of them that are able to combo charge something. Yeah, that's why I like them in pairs. Yeah, for these guys, like the biggest weakness that you can get with ogres is you start to block yourself up, um, you can get chaffed up, and then you get flanked, right? That's pretty much the only way that you can take off siege breakers relatively easy. So the crocodog counters the counter. Um, so where you have your siege breakers, your crocodog sits slightly behind, you chaff up the siege breakers, and then the siege breakers can just literally move backwards, and the crocodog comes out. And with seven attacks, as we've just gone through, crush one, vicious, wild charge, it's getting there. And then it can take out the chaff, and now you've protected your siege breakers, um, and you've wasted a, a chaff unit effectively for your opponent. So uh, it's it's a counter to the counter, and it's 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 an amazing investment for 110 exactly points. Exactly right. Yeah, exactly right. It's like you pay a bit more than a chaff unit, which you typically want to be sub 100 points, and the closer to like... 60 the better i guess so you're paying an extra 20 30 points on a chaff unit but they can beat up chaff units like they will cream you know your little vermintide kind of regiment and 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 like your or your five uh gobbo dog friendos or whatever else um mm. they'll beat them up um admittedly they probably won't be able to outcharge them but that through the legs completely makes up for that mm. because as soon as they get close to your regiment you can yeah just get them out there and chomp on enemy cav or hold up a 260 point monster if you want which is what benson did with them <laughs> yep <laughs> and, and eventually beat it in combat it's <laughs> yep. just stupid but yeah yeah i think the the wild charge t3 plus one is also uh, a bit of a gotcha that can happen because this can just literally sit behind a giant big unit and then maximum it, 16 inch range yeah 16 inch range that it can potentially roll up to and then you charge out and even though it's individual and you could like run over the top, as soon as it does a wound, you now can't. And this thing is going to reliably put out at least one wound. That's true. It's also it, it's worth understanding that the range is kind of a bit less than that because they are often charging through a unit. So yeah. you have to add yeah. an extra, yeah. you know, three, four inches, something like that, to to that range. So it ends up being um, functionally closer to. 12 from the unit it's charging out from yeah, or yeah. something along those lines um maybe maybe even 10 or 11 uh but still that that protection that it gives you and you don't, if they don't have much shooting or anything to threaten it with you don't have to put it behind your ogres it's such a small base you can just squeeze it in between a unit and just you know whatever. yeah pretty and because it's mm-hmm. individual it's also hard to shoot at so it's only really lightning bolts that you've got to worry about killing this little guy yeah that's yeah. so fun good luck targeting <laughs> it with a lightning bolt I think unless also, you've got mind screeches specifically with that are mm-hmm. able to see over the other ogres to zap at mm-hmm. them, pretty much any other lightning bolt unit is not just it's just not going to get line of sight on them. Yeah, I think also the reasons why I like them in pairs is because like how I worked them against yourself, Hugh, is having one in the front and then getting one in the flank, and then you can't overrun one into the other. So you hit one, you might waver it. I'll back that one up, charge the other guy with the flank, and so you're still getting 
munched on while the the uh, the wizards heal the first one up and then send mm. the other one back in. Yeah, having individuals in your flank is so annoying too because you can't just usually you can't, you can't afford disengage. to turn and face them. Sure, they don't get to double their attacks, but. With the, with the reliability of these guys' attacks, I don't know why they're melee three, honestly. I feel like they should be melee four but because they're just a freaking crocodile, but I guess they know how to use their fangs. But yeah, they, they get in there with seven on threes and crush one vicious. They're just super duper reliable and you can't just ignore it. If you just keep letting it bite at your flanks, if it charges you three turns in a row, it's doing really meaningful damage to your horde or your regiment or whatever. Mm. And it's 110 points. Like, if you compare that to what, like, fighty characters are, like, what their stats and things are, they're so much killier than your typical individual at anywhere near that points level. Mm. You know, like, most individuals at that kind of level have sort of four or five attacks. Usually a bit more nerve. Rarely would they have vicious. Yeah, probably a bit more nerve. That's fair. But then they can't just charge through their own units and hide with impunity either, so... You know, it's yeah. probably another little one there, and probably the last thing that I'll mention about the crocodile wrangler is just that duelist as well. You'll catch people out thinking that you've blocked line of sight, and then this guy can just charge through and get to an individual, uh, a rival individual, and now all of a sudden he's got fourteen attacks on threes with crush one and vicious. So um, yeah, he's he's a yeah, just take it off, um, just snake eyes it. Yeah, that's really <laughs> scary for opponents, individuals who are usually kind of useful against ogres and can effectively run rings around them because all their other individual, uh, um, sorry, not individuals, all their other like uh, characters that are not individuals can't turn to face mm-hmm. your sneaky individual that's running around. Even if it's just your wizard who's just like hanging out by the units feeling safe, this guy has that sort of, I don't think he's primarily an assassin. He's like a chaff clearer. He's a unit harasser. He's a chaff unit in himself in a pinch but then he's also like he's a massive deterrent for enemy individuals and the range is really long for against enemy individuals yeah this this unit is really good Mm, totally agree with that (laughs) how about you uh, tell us about your other favorite unit Hugh, the red goblin blaster the red goblin (laughs) blaster um the second most bensome unit in this army uh so this is a chariot uh, unit size one, it's speed five, melee three, range five, defense five, three attacks uh, for 65 points. So, sure, it's a it's just a straight up chaff unit, right? Defense five, but dash 10 nerve. So, you know, you'll, you'll take it out relatively easily, but you better not fluff it because it's got blast <laughs> D6. It's got boom. It's brutal and crush three. Um, plus, for some reason, it has makeshift grenades, which are 12-inch blast D3 piercing one little tiny harassment chuck you things. They never hit anything because it's not um, steady aim, so you'll be moving or you're turning and then they're hitting on sixes. Yeah, That's nearly always on sixes, right? So you're right, you're right. But it, it feels as though it should have steady aim, but I'm glad it doesn't because it's already incredibly good for 65 points. <laughs> and the main reason it's incredibly good you guys go, oh, well, it's only, you know, it's very unreliable, whatever else. No, it's the threat. It can charge in and do blast D6 with each of those attacks. So it should hit two times, three attacks, melee three, right? And then it does two D6 crushing three hits on you, which is nasty enough for a 65-point unit. Yeah, it dies afterwards. That's what Boom does. It basically just blows up and disappears afterwards. Yeah, if, if but it's a chaff unit hit, that's... Then it dies. It can sit... 
With its unit strength one, it can just sit on an objective or whatever and it can just threaten flanks. And the best thing you can do with this unit is instead of charging it forwards, you have it hovering around your lines and just threatening and hanging back a bit. It's only speed five, so you're not going to get the drop on anything. And you just force your opponent to think about it, force your opponent to deal with it. Because if they get flanked by this, it's going to nuke a goddamn horde for 65 points unlike every other chaff unit in the game that's even remotely equivalent costed. So you really can't afford to ignore it as an opponent. It doesn't have the speed that a chaff unit needs to be effective, but what it does have is an incredible amount of threat. Yep. Green tick of approval there, Hugh. That That is perfect. And a lot of the time in my games, like I won't even send them out and, and fight. They'll just take a hold it a quarter or an objective for 65 points. Yeah, I think how Benson uses it's perfect though. So that's, it just lurks out the back. It uses that unit strength one for the late game objective holding unless, and I think Benson, I don't see you ever charge this thing into the front um, at all, but you're just waiting for that flank. And then the flank is when you actually yep. charge in and commit. Otherwise, you just use it as a unit strength one. Yeah, because otherwise, it's like if you're going into the front just because, then you're sort of wasting its 65 <laughs> points. It's it's more effective as a um, psychological piece for your opponent. That's right. Mm. I think it's definitely or effective in, the, in those books. I get yeah. triggered just seeing them across the table. <laughs> I've been Although using these things. They're much less scary than they used to be, but they're still um, still pretty pretty nasty yeah i think they've lost a bit of flavor now that you can't hurt your own fellas because i thought that was yeah the best bit about them that risk reward but anyway let's move on to the last monster slash chariot is the mammoth so this has got two bits to it which will take a bit longer maybe we should have had a break not too bad we're committing so this is the mammoth uh on a chariot size speed seven melee four no ranged with defense five Unit strength 1, 12 attacks, fearless 18 for 220 points. Now this boy has Brutal Crushing 2, Thunder 2, Rampage in melee d6, and Strider. But you can also give it a uh, once-off upgrade, the big deal. So that increases the Brutal to 2, gains very expiring, and call to greatness for 30 points. All right. So the call to greatness is as long as the unit is present and in play on the table, at the start of each of your melee phases, you can select a single friendly core unit with the ogre keyword within 12, uh, regardless of range or line of sight. That's a bit weird because it gives you a range. Anyway, the selected unit is granted brutal plus one until the start of the next turn. So just handing out additional brutal for your your ogre friends. And And that's for 30 points. Why would you not take that? Very inspiring, extra brutal. Yeah, uh, you you I do. See. If you're taking a mammoth, you're taking the it's big no deal. Brainer. Uh, this is a a mantic giant hug out to uh, Jesse Cornwell who passed away as well. So it's kind of a big deal. Mm, mm. Um, and yeah, he, he managed to. He <laughs> got Strider on these guys. He was uh, talking about that for years. Yep. Um, managed to get it over the yep. line. So thank you, Jesse, uh, for Strider. That's awesome. But. I love that something like that can happen with a community, right? Mm. Like that, that someone can have an effect on the actual game rules and that become part of the, you know, public consciousness of the players. It's really cool. Hmm. Got to say that I've never taken a mammoth. Yeah. Why doesn't anyone take these things? They seem pretty good to me. Um, you're starting to see them now that it's the a, big deal yeah. has come in, that rule. Defense 5, Fearless Makes 18. Sense. Like, yeah, I think it's a better 
better giant for sure. Hmm. And I like giants. I think they're good. So yeah, I'd, I'd take a mammoth. Plus, it's a mammoth. Like, it's a mammoth. That's cool, <laughs> right? It is cool. Does Mantic have a model for this? Um, they I, don't yet. Yeah, I don't think so yet. Uh, maybe we'll see more of them once they come out with a model. Hope they hope they do actually, because it'd be interesting to see what they did with this mm. one. Mm. Otherwise, solid. If you're going to take a big big monster, take it. All right. We've decided not to have a break yet, and we're going to push through the last two Titans here with the Red Goblin Slasher. Um, I have not seen one of these on the tabletop yet, but they are speed 7, melee 3, uh, range of 5, defense of 5. Um, they've got unit strength 1, 10 attacks, with a nerve of 1618 for 210 points. Because they're a Titan, they are height 6, um, so they can see right over the top. So crushing strength 2 with Strider, and their ranged attack is a sharp stick thrower, so 36 inch range, only two attacks, blast D3, piercing two with steady aim. They do get an option that I'm not sure why you'd ever take, uh, but that gives you an aura of fury, but only for goblins, um, and it's for 15 points. Bensom, tell me why you're not taking this. (laughs) Because you have all the other things that are worth it, and you're not taking the goblin fury item because you don't have any goblins 210 points for a reasonably effective melee but when you've got a mammoth for a, just a little bit more which is way more effective doesn't just doesn't have this the room there's, there's no space for it yeah it's kind of doing that that thing as well isn't it where it's trying to play such a hybrid role because it's got that sharp stick thrower which is a reasonable war machine actually like two attacks blast d3 pierce on two. fives Steady mm. aim. It's honestly not bad. Yeah, I'm fives, but like that's what war machines usually roll. Um, with the, steady the aim, difference you know, is it's just like gonna... you're not you're not spamming the the sharp stick throw because it's on a no, 210 that's... point goblin slasher. That's what I mean. It's playing that hybrid role between a war machine, which should be like you know 80, 90 points, something like that, and this monster, which is sort of a bit of a mediocre monster. It's not a bad monster, I guess. You know, it's reasonable in a goblin list. Freeze. Mm. Yeah, it's all right. I don't mind it, but it is trying to sort of play multiple roles a bit. There's better shooting options and there's better combat options. So for mm. points, Sorry. only ten attacks. Yeah, crushing two crush for two hundred ten points. That's a, yeah. No. Mm. I have a ten attack crush two melee three unit in the uh, in the giant rat fiend, the mutant rat fiend. And um, it's a very similar cost. Yeah, but you uh, has your one less don't defense. have a, a ton of large infantry that has really good damage output. Hmm. Whereas the fact you have done no large infantry that <laughs> put true. good damage That's output. True. Well, nightmares sort of. Yeah. Don't get you started on nightmares, God. But like, why take a goblin slasher when you can take a, a horde of warriors? I kind of like it actually. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's cool. Um, and I, I just think conversion-wise, you could come up with a really interesting model for it, with like a big old crossbow on the top. I think it's pretty 30 cool. 30 points more, you could get a horde of siege breakers. Yeah. I suppose that's the that's the real problem, isn't it? Is that everybody's just going to trade them out for the big nasty... Okay, well, 10 points yeah. more, you take a mammoth. <laughs> and in fact, that's kind of the history... That's the history of this whole list as I'm reading through it. Um get to more of that at the end i guess in mm. summary but it seems to be a problem for the internal balance of the ogres so giant is the next is the last uh, titan on our list so he's speed seven melee four defense five uh unit strength one 
D6 plus 8 attacks, 1820 nerve, so a couple more than the slasher, um, and a couple more than the, the mammoth as well. 225 points. So five points more than the mammoth. He does have brutal crush four, which is cool. I like how giants are like pretty much the only things that have crush four. Mm. Fury, Slayer, melee D6. That's pretty awesome. So he can go up to two D6 plus eight attacks against anything big enough. Uh, and then he has Strider as well. So Fury's really nice mm. on a dash 18-20 piece. Like you're not wavering him anytime soon against defense five. He's very, very solid. But the D6 plus 8 attacks on melee 4 are very unreliable. So I really like what they've done with Giants giving them Slayer because their problem, they were always a bit of an Anvil-style Titan, weren't they? Because their damage output, while it can be solid, like if you roll 14 attacks and get 10 hits, which is quite unlikely, then you're doing some really solid damage. But the vast majority of the time, you're in the like 3, 4, Half three, dozen. four damage kind of mm. range, which is which is not that good. Um, you know, maybe yeah, maybe half a dozen uh, for a two hundred and twenty-five point unit. And yeah. again, comparing them with a horde of ogres or something, they're not looking too favourable. Uh, but defensively, they are rock solid, like a much higher nerve than your ogre hordes and things. And against, I think this Slayer yeah. puts them in a really good spot. You can duel other monsters really effectively because you've got. 2d6 plus 8 attacks, which is probably more attacks than they have, like almost mm. certainly, especially if you roll high on those d6s. And then you've got a higher nerve than most of them as well. Plus crush 4 means you're winning any of them on 2s, even defense 6. So he just becomes this monster slayer, which I think is really cool. Mm. Why don't you see them as much, Benson? Like you just don't see giants. I think it's the points. No, I think it's the, the 225 points and unit strength 1. That might be what's mm. hurting them. I think you don't see them enough because people uh, uh, haven't realised the usefulness of that Slayer yet, in all honesty. Mm. It also makes them, uh, because of that, it also gives them a bigger target. And because they're height six, you're never going to hide them. So a lot of their shooting is going to be focused to bring it down so their big, gridly, yeah. fly thing doesn't get thumped by a giant. Yeah, true. The Titan base definitely comes in as well. Because it used to be that the giants were just on 50 mil squares. Now they're on 75 Just squares. monster bases, yeah. So, yeah, it's a bit more unruly. All right. Mm. I mean, that's still good. I love a double giant list, uh, but that's 450 points. Such a nice centerpiece model unlock. again. I know I've talked about that with the previous two Titans too, but I feel like Ogres, for me, seeing them across the table, they can kind of blur together from like a modelling standpoint to like, oh, it's a bunch of fat dudes with various like, you know, different weapons and helmets and stuff, whatever, you know, kind of blurs together. Having a centerpiece model or two, whether it be any one of those three um, Titans, I think, can add a little bit of uh, je ne sais quoi to your otherwise <laughs> dull-looking ogre army, potentially. Mm. With what if uh, we mm. bumped up the giant to unit strength two? Would that Ooh, change anything? Or you might be pushing it. <laughs> I mean, that makes them pretty good. I don't think that, that would change things that much, with... but I think it would be cool. Well, I'm just thinking, I mean, like, you can't, yeah. one of the major things about taking any of the other, so Siege Breakers or Warriors or Boomers, etc., is that all of a sudden your unit strength is, like, tripled, right? As soon as you go in, spending exactly mm. the same amount of points. But if you just bumped up the Giant to a unit strength 2 as a Titan on the big base now, 
with the extra tweaks, I think you'd maybe start seeing it because it's it's more the competitive scenario play that I think keeps the giant out of the game um, because of the unit strength up for the same price. I think unit strength two is will make them too good because they're so hard to shift as well. Mm. So you're trying to focus them down with the things that hit hard, which are usually your bigger boys, but this thing likes to hit the bigger boys. I don't think it's that big a problem. The unit... I mean, all it does is beat unit strength one units, right? Like, which it, are the big monsters? Yeah, yeah. So it beats other monsters, which is kind of what it's meant to do anyway. And like, I think that's okay that it's bigger and tougher and therefore more able to take. Like a regiment, most regiments, any regiment over a hundred points is still going to be more unit strength than it. Like contesting mm. an objective and stuff. So I don't think two unit strength two things is kind of a sweet spot that perhaps might be a bit underutilized. I think you're kind of onto something there, Sally. Okay, let's go and take another break, and when we come back, we will go over the leaders of the Ogarami. Ogres either carry giant crossbows the size of a small ballister, or fearsome blunderbusses that are more akin to short-ranged cannons than any firearm a man might wield. Their crossbows are powerful enough to punch a hole in the thickest of armor and knock a man ten feet backwards when hit. An experience, needless to say, he is unlikely to survive. While their blunderbusses kick out a wall of scrap and shot that will mash anything in front of it to mincemeat, especially when an entire group of boomers open fire at once. Both these oversized weapons are ordinarily crafted for the ogres by the dwarves, who are delighted by the deep pockets of the shooters, as the shooters are by the dwarves' meticulous expertise. Once an ogre shooter feels the irresistible pull of home and hearth, he heads back up north. He will take his pride and joy with him where it will be much admired by his kinfolk and usually passed on to his eldest son. Okay, here we go. We're down to the final stretch, sort of. I'm not sure. Maybe. We'll see. Ogre Warlock, that's the first leader on our list. So this is a large infantry spellcaster. Tier 1. Speed 6, melee 4, no ranged, defense 4. Unit strength 1 with 2 attacks, 12-14 nerve for 95 points. Standard ogre stuff of having brutal and crushing 1, but the warlock now inspires, is nimble, and has the ogre warlock rule, which we went over before. And built in, comes with lightning bolt 3. The, the options that you can take are mind fog 1, which doesn't seem like that great, but when you factor in ogre warlock rule, it's not bad for 10 points. Blood Boil, 1 for 30 points. Fireball, 8 for 25. Drain Life, 5 for 20. Uh, you can increase its spell casting tier for 10 points and Incantation of the temp Tempest for 10 points. And then you've got all the other Library of Arcade Knowledge spells. So read the Clash of Kings book if you need a refresher on that. Uh, Ogre Warlock, one of the best um, leaders that the Ogres have. 95 point inspiring with... Lightning Bolt 3 to 6 <laughs> built in, depending on how many ogres you've got around you. They could probably have taken off the Berserker keyword now because it the ogre matter. used to, the walk used to only inspire Berserkers. Having the Ogre Warlock mm. inspire everything is a bit of overkill. Yeah. Quite a, quite a few of the units that used to inspire just one thing have become like five or ten points undercosted, in my opinion. Yeah, I think don't think the Warlock should inspire anymore. Hmm. I don't think that should it should inspire. No, take an ogre warlock, 
knock in your regiment size units to buff like with the ogre warlock rule uh give it drain life mm-hmm. so early game first three turns you're just lightning bolting weakening targets that your hordes are going to charge into late game you drain life so you're taking wounds off your opponents that are in combat and then buffing up your defense six units handles all six seven turns perfectly the maximum extra dice for ogre warlock is plus three uh, so it'll be maximum of lightning six but still uh, give it uh, the the boomstick for some extra lightning fun. Yeah, very so, cheap yeah. for a lot of lightning there. And then um, you can still claim an objective late game and inspire your troops. There's really just no downside. Yep. yep. It's 12-14. reasonable for a wizard defense four. Hmm. And if they weren't inspiring, you'd probably see one per army with the inspiring talisman, maybe occasionally still two. But the fact that they mm. are inspiring means you can give them other items. You can, you know, not take... Uh, banner bearers and things like that in your army not have that kind of attacks mm. and just uh, laugh all the way to the bank where you get mm. everything for everything for under 100 points. Mm. And I think it's the Ogre Warlock rule now that he inspires everything is probably why we're not seeing shooters as much because in isolation an Ogre Warlock is good Lightning bolt. but when you put in two, potentially three Warlocks all of a sudden that's a lot of Lightning Bolt that's going out there um, that's more reliable than um, some of the shooter unit. Yeah, that's that's a fair point. So you, you don't need your shooters as much when you've got all that lining. Still, you could use some of the Library of Arcane Knowledge spells as well if you wanted to. Mm. I don't know. don't know that I necessarily would outside of something like Alchemist Curse maybe. Maybe Bark Skin for the uh, Crocodile Wranglers. <laughs> I was trying to think of a use for a Bark Skin, but actually on Crocodile Wranglers, oh, that would be... Upsetting. That's such a Benson move. Something like that. <laughs> yeah, I have seen Scorched Earth a couple of times on Ogre Warlocks just because it's a nice defense to uh, their defense six front line. Um, so you can make yeah, them I like that. So they charge in against your defense mm. six with uh, pool noodles instead of their spears. Yeah, I like that actually quite a bit. And in fact, um, I've mentioned it a few times, but I think one puzzle you've kind of got to solve with Ogres, especially if you're doing like an aggressive attacky army, which you probably are if you're playing <laughs> Ogres, solving that kind of when you come up against that regular elf list that has like a bunch of dracon riders and a bunch of like impactful characters or something like the really fast hitty list that can just they're effectively trying to do the same thing that you're doing but they all the units like outrange you a bit you've got to have ways of stopping them just having the play of the table and that's sort of one way you could do that as well as the uh, previous options we've talked about with a couple of speed eight units mm. next up uh, in the large infantry heroes, and there is quite a few of them, is the sergeant. Uh, so speed six, melee three, no range, defense five. He has unit strength one, so can get all your sneaky objectives. Uh, five attacks, nerve is thirteen fifteen for 110 points. Brutal, crushing strength two, elite, inspiring, nimble, steady aim, with quite a lot of options four options here so he can exchange his shield for a two-handed weapon obviously going down to defense four but getting crush strength three he can exchange the shield for a heavy crossbow lowering defense down to four but gets a heavy crossbow uh, for a 30 inch range five plus pierce two type of attack there obviously you can't take the previous two combinations together you can also give him a crocodog um, and you can also mount him in a chariot, increasing his speed up to 8, gaining Thunderous Charge 1, and changing to, obviously, uh, a hero on a chariot with height 4 for 30 points. Uh, lots of options on this guy. 
five attacks with elite means that he's always converting. I don't mind him on the chariot. Yeah, one thirty. Yeah. No, one forty. You're right. 140. Yeah, one forty is. Um, I like that quite a bit on the sergeant. Plus, how cool is it having like a big old ogre on a chariot, just like whipping his dudes along? I reckon that's pretty cool. It's okay with the thirteen fifteen nerve hurts it in that respect because it won't take as much to counter it and take it off. It's sort of in a weird spot for me. I'm not sure I would take the sergeant, especially when you've got a warlock about, which does the inspiring, or you'd just take a berserker bully, which we'll get to later. Mm. Yeah, weird spot. So the sergeants have actually been popping up in quite a few lists around the world um, with the heavy crossbow. So even though it does hit on fives with pierce two, it does complement the warlock's shooting. And because it's got five attacks with elite, um, it can actually reasonably, uh, reliably chip away at wounds um, while still giving some backline defense. So, yeah, one has been popping up as in one of one sergeant has been popping up in lists quite quite frequently. I could see that. Mm. So you're, what, 25 points more than a warlock. Um, your shooting is a little bit less effective, but then you've also got, like, a bit of a punch in melee. Hmm. And still is nimble with steady aim as well, so he can just move around and shoot however the hell he wants. And 13-15 nerve for those points is actually pretty damn good. Yep, definitely. With unit strength mm. one, hell yeah. Yeah, I could definitely see that actually. I think the guy with a crossbow is not too shabby. I'd be tempted to give it to him unless you wanted him to be like chonky chaff, which he kind of does okay as well. Just like run in the front of units and be like 13-15, defense five, Sucked in. I'm 110 points. Just straight up as he is is not too bad. Mm. Um, but I'd probably rather a crocodile wrangler for 107. For the sorry, the same cost. So I guess Boomer Sergeant is next in the list. Um, he is a kind of similar guy. Speed six, melee four, range four though, defense four, uh, four attacks, not five. Definitely feels as though he wants five quite badly. But four attacks, uh, 11, 13 nerve, and 90 points. He's got Brutal, Crush 1, Nimble, Boomstick, which is a 12-inch attack 8, Pierce 1, Steady Aim. Whew. Mm. Whew. That is not bad. <laughs> Why don't they inspire? Thank God they don't Because <laughs> they're 90 points. So this is really similar to a lot of War Machines, actually, that are around that 90-point range. Um, I'm thinking specifically of the Ratkin one, of course, but there's also the uh, Abyssal Dwarf one and uh, the Goblin one, the Goblin... Yep. Mm. They tend to have 10 attacks, while well, this guy's got 8 um, but this guy for scores. around the same cost. But this guy scores, that's right. And he can, and he can't he can do like on him. a couple of damage in combat as well. Yeah. I like this guy with the, the boots of levitation. Mm. Oh, yeah. That used to be one of my staples, being able to just move 12, turn, shoot, and keep out of um, charge range while breathing on them with his 8 attacks. With his While still stick. being a scoring unit. Mm. That's not too bad at yep. all. I don't mind that. The problem with him is that he could be an ogre warlock for five more points and do like a similar amount of damage over the course of the game with lightning, uh, but also inspire. Yeah. It's it's almost like the change so that ogre warlocks inspire everyone kind of affects a lot of these characters. Mm. Mm. Yeah. You used to see these a little bit. As you've just said, the warlock is a seven turn unit this is really the last three turns the last four turns that it's actually going to be able to get in range with its 12 inch um, and provide some some service where i think the warlock is 
from turn one, it's ready to go. Plus the Warlock has more versatility because you can take other spells and stuff. You don't have yeah. to just Lightning Bolt. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the Warlock without spells and slightly cheaper. So the Army Standard, Speed 6, Melee 3, low range, Defense 5, one, uh, one unit strength, three attacks, 11, 13, nerve for 70 points, Brutal Crushing 1, and Spiring and Nimble. You can give him a Chariot if you want, 30 points, bring it 110, gives it an extra Thunderous Charge on those three attacks and Speed 8. Meh. Um, Why? Take a Warlock for 25 points or more. Yeah, it's this used to be great because warlocks didn't inspire everything. I don't know. It's no. It seems like a really expensive inspiring source now. That doesn't really help in combat all that much. Yeah, like I mean, you could potentially start to write an argument, put him on a chariot, and use him as chaff, a hundred point chaff. Ugh. Three attacks, defense. No, no. What's the point? You just yeah. Yeah, clearly an internal balance problem. Yeah. I don't think we need to waste any more time on the poor army standard. No. Sorry, fella. No, it's the Warlock's fault. Berserker Bully, uh, one of the, the premium hero choices, is large infantry, speed 6, melee 3, range dash, uh, defense 4, unit strength 1, 8 attacks, dash 14, 130 points, gets brutal, crushing strength 2, inspires everything, is nimble, and also gets wild charge d3. All I have to do is say eight attacks with melee three with dash 14 for 130 points. Crushing two. Crushing two. Ooh, fantastic. Um, these guys here are hard to take down uh, in one turn. Like You've got to really dedicate to killing it off because if you don't, that eight attacks comes back and converts extremely well and you do not want to get these guys in your flank because it's like a cav unit hitting you. So mm. I'm kind of glad they can't, but it is a shame for ogre players that they can't ride like a giant ogre goat or something an ogre goat you know some sort of mount <laughs> to be up. just uh <laughs> that little bit scarier with the with the extra range berserker goat bully like an aggro ram i think oh, it's, it's dwarves that ride goats isn't it badgers they, yeah they ride they badges could... ogres would ride rhinos that's what i reckon rhino yeah give a give it a rhino that'd be nasty Anyway, yeah, he's good. Uh, extra speed or extra wild charge is always good. Otherwise, I'd probably keep him cheap and cheerful. Blade of Slashing, maybe. Yeah, Blade of Slashing's handy, as is the Mace of Crushing, just to help convert that extra one attack. Um, with Crush 2, both of those, and Melee 3, both of those two items are, are gold on this unit, and that doesn't make it extremely expensive at mm -hmm. 135. Yeah, very nice little package for the for the value. Uh, plus, he can claim like every other. <laughs> he can claim and threaten flanks. Like him in the flank is is like dragon level scary. Like you can't let him have a flank, and he's just this cheap idiot running around on foot. Man, ogre characters are so ridiculously good. Mm. Uh, ogre warlord <laughs> um, is our next one in the list. No doubt he will be overcosted and crappy, or maybe he'll be bent like all the other ogre characters. So this guy has speed six, um, melee three. Range dash and defense five. Uh, unit strength one, seven attacks, 15, 17 nerve on a dude. Uh, 155 points. Um, he is brutal, crush two, inspiring and nimble. Um, he can exchange his shield with a two-handed weapon. So goes to defense four and crush three for zero points. He can have a crocodile. He can be on a chariot. Yeah, and that's about it, I guess. Yep. Interesting. Give, putting him on a chariot sort of turns him into a, a light dragon. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Putting him on a chariot um, definitely makes him 
similar to a dragon, I guess. 185 points. Like he he packs a punch, but uh, he's got thunderous one and crush two. Probably wouldn't swap him down to defense four. No. Would you guys do that? No, there's no, no. point. No. Just stay with crush two and defense five, which is good enough. And he's just so he'll be he's just so hard to remove. Mm. Fifteen, seventeen, and defense five uh, for those points is just one hundred and fifty five points. That's just much tougher than like a regiment would be around that same cost. Um, yeah. Sure, he's only unit strength one, but he's putting out quite reliable damage. He's just like he's better than any regiments I have in any of my armies <laughs> for an equivalent level points both in terms of damage output and survivability uh, plus he's on a tiny little base to do it all with and he inspires so yeah yeah i've played against the ogre warlord a few times uh, but every time i get on a chariot um yeah really good at doing exactly what you just said charging past the front line to pin down a unit um and then letting your your big hordes do all the fighting, but he just hangs around. He's so hard to take off. So mm. that's it. You charge into him, expose things, flanks or, or whatever, but then he'll just keep surviving and keep hitting over the course of the game. Um, yeah, that unit's depressingly good. Um, <laughs> I guess we should move right on ahead then to the to the bigot. This yep. is a bent so unit. This is the reason why you don't take the uh, army standard. So speed five, melee four, range nothing, defense four, no unit strength, three attacks, nine, 11, no 55 points, crush one, individual, inspiring, or you can put him on a, a flea bag with 25 points, uh, or you just give him a short bow to drop the crushing strength, but give him a ranged four attack, or three range four attacks. For 55 point inspiring, why take the army standard? Mm. It's the cheapest that you've got if you need inspiring. It's a bit of a difference in terms of um, point price between the Warlock and the Bigot that it may be viable because that's 40 extra points. So that's not a small amount. Um, if you need something, uh, this is your, your go-to, I guess. Also, I guess for 80 points, and this is already feels like a bit of a stretch as I say it when you compare to some <laughs> of those other units, but um, putting him on the flea bag gives you very fast inspiring so you can keep up with those if you've got an army that has a few chariot units in it or something like that 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 the waddling ogres can't quite keep up with Hmm. you might what why is it a red goblin able to inspire big ogres that's maybe they got a really cool looking flag maybe like a picture of an ogre head or something it's like oh yeah that looks real good Ah, it's you know it's flying the the colours the colours of the regiment or whatever I guess doesn't matter who's holding it. <laughs> That'd right, be yeah, a really tall f- flag as as well. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on. All right. So Kuzlo and Madfall. Uh, so speed eight, melee three, no range, defense four, uh, unit strength one with five attacks, thirteen, fifteen nerve for hundred and forty-five points. Uh, is height 3 on a large cav base. And special rules, crossing strength 2 has inspiring, but only for himself. And nimble, pathfinder, ravenous lizard. And regeneration 4 plus has the sticky tongue rule and vicious in melee. Comes with two bolted on spells in thrall 5 and hex 3. Um, with the goblin uh, special keyword there. 
Ben, so you've used this guy a fair bit. Keen on your thoughts. Yeah, he's one of my favourites. Um, he's pretty nifty. It's a bit of a weird spot within the Ogres. Um, meaning adds the extra speed for your movable um, unit strength. The enthrall, like, well, the sticky tongue is a bit of a gimmick. Sometimes it does okay, usually it doesn't, but the hex is quite reliable. Uh, one thing that works really well with this list, though, is the ravenous lizard. So that's the neg one to their uh, waver and route values and it does stack with brutal because it's not dread which doesn't so having that uh, basically neg to brutal if you have a um, mammoth nearby as well that's neg three <laughs> to everyone mm. uh, but it also affects yourself but um, if you smash and face it doesn't really matter that much does it no yeah that's juicy still 145 points for like just get a berserker bully <laughs> like that's, mm. it- it's very fast. It can get into flanks and um, it can use enthrall to get people out of position, I guess. Mm. Um, certainly if you got... You can also use enthrall to mitigate the ogre's movement six issues a little bit. So if you have, you know, three hordes of meathead ogres that are just moving up, you might be able to pull people straight towards you with enthrall. But the issue is, is that happens after the charging. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I realise that. So, But you put yourself, your opponent in a position where maybe they can't just like continue to trundle back and threaten. They have to either commit and go in or not, which um, I feel like you could find a pretty good use for that if you were clever. Yeah, I think the enthrall, like pulling units into terrain so that if they did charge, they're hindered um, to help out your defence mm-hmm. six is probably the best way to use these guys, uh, to use enthrall. But you also have to factor in factor in that the enthrall is not the usual length. It's only 12 inches because it's mm. part of the sticky tongue rule. True, true. So he has to get quite close to do it. Although Benson used it on me once where I had a horde of um, tunnel runners and they were like right next to a building. or So, so the building's on their right flank, right? Um, and then he just squeezed them over about an inch so that now the building was just like right in their corner so they couldn't get past it it's actually incredibly awkward when you're in that spot in kings of war you can't move through Mm. the building and i was like i have to spend my turn moving sideways now to get around this building yeah um there are little uses for it it's one of those things that's very hard to quantify on paper i think but you can find uses for it and like that that could be a game winning play like doing something like that yeah stopping an objective or something similar or bring in a, a unit into a forest. I think Kuzlo and Mad Mad for a lot harder to quantify value wise as compared to like a Berserker bully, which is just going to do what it says on the tin pretty much every game. Mm. But every now and again, it's going to really kick ass. So I think if you want to put a bit of flavor into your ogre list, which I feel like I'm starting to become an advocate for as we read through this, instead of just <laughs> like taking all the obvious options, then give them a whirl. I think you might be impressed. It's pretty quick and tricksy. Mm. Okay. Um, Grokamok is a big meathead of an ogre with a big old meathead ogre club. So he's a speed six, melee three, defense five guy. Uh, seven attacks, 15, 17 nerve, 250 points. So this sounds almost exactly the same as the ogre leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's he called? The ogre... Warlord. Yep. Warlord, thank you. So uh, identical stats, I think. Uh, Blast D3, though, is his main mm-hmm. thing. 
brutal crush three rather than two so he's got the big old crush three uh nimble and very inspiring so this is your ogre warlord plus a bit more so for a mere 95 points you can have an extra crush and blast d3 so he's gonna like absolutely explode units unless you fluff your roll to hit which you probably will just because of how his potential is damage <laughs> yeah, output, if you right? need it to you're gonna go in and hit three out of seven attacks instead of six out of seven you know if you really need it to go off but yeah he's a uh, for 95 points you turn your warlord into a unit that can just solo hordes but i still don't know that it's necessarily worth it but if you want like you know the biggest baddest ogre going around with the biggest baddest thunder mace club kind of thing then Rock and roll, why not? Yeah. So this used to be taken a lot, um, but he's sort of fallen mm. out of vogue once again because the other options are just probably more efficient for the points. You don't need the inspiring. And my God, do I hate coming up against him um, because you've got to deal with all these giant big hordes and then there's this like 40 mil base hanging around that uh, is able to solo regiments. So yeah, he's nasty, nasty dude. I'd consider taking him um, just for that yeah. sort of fluff and flavor. I'd probably prefer the Warlord point for point, mm. but um, can definitely see the strength of this guy because he's just an incredible threat on such a small base. It's so hard to deal with. Yep. Mm. All right, let's move on to the other uh, unique hero. Uh, <laughs> they, it should, he should be called Nomagarok plus one, so you always take him just about. This is another spellcaster. Spellcaster 2, if that matters anything. Speed 6, melee 4, range nothing, defense 5. Uh, unit strength 1, 5 attacks instead of the 2 over the, the Warlock. 12-14 nerf at 140 points. He has Brutal, Crushing Strength 1, Inspiring Nimble, the Ogre Warlock rule, and his own special Bloodlust, which basically means if his heal goes off, then that unit that got healed now has Vicious in combat. Uh, Spells in built-in is Bane Chant 3, Heal 4, Lightning Bolt 4. So mm. <laughs> he's got Lightning Bolt 5 to, what, 7 because of the Ogre Warlock rule. Same with his um, heal. Yeah, for 140 points. He's so good. And he inspires, of course. Yeah, he's, a, he's an auto-include. Let's be honest. Yeah. yeah. Um, Warlock is probably the best value for point unit in the ogre roster just about and then this guy's just a better version of that Mm. Mm -hmm. so the only reason you don't take him is because you have some sort of fluff dispute with it or something like that they mucked up with this guy he's he's as you you read him especially when you get to compare him against the regular pleb other uh you know heroes from non-ogre armies when you read it when you read through the book with um, Namagarok in it, mm. and you're just like this guy. Like, did they just forget a digit on his points? Like, he's just, <laughs> he's just. Yeah. Like, did they just drop their calculator or something? I guess for our listeners, though, why is he so good? He's is probably the, and why is he or an auto include? It's because of all the other units that he can sit behind. So we'll go back to yep. the siege breakers once again. They're crushing two, 18 attacks, hitting on three, so really, really strong. And hard to move because the defense six in the front. And now this guy comes in, can get up to heal seven easily. So heals your defense six units. But while he's doing that, he also gives them vicious. 
with their crushing two. So now this super killy unit is now a super, super, super killy. Um, and <laughs> they've just got their wounds back. All caps. For 140 points while inspiring them. It, it's, yep. it's just this beautiful symmetry for 140 points. Yeah, you'd yep. pay 30, 30, 40 points more happily. So, mm. any, that, and that is so much in Kings of War. Like, so many units in Kings of War are great, but would be mediocre for like 10 more points. Like, it's such a tightly pointed game. And this guy is a really, like, it's, I know we've talked about some of the other things being quote unquote broken, and I like to get, be a bit hyperbolic about <laughs> it sometimes. But this guy is vastly undercosted. Like, he was, he was a straight up mistake, <laughs> this guy. So, if he's not in your ogre army at the moment, you just get him in while you can because he will sooner or later, presumably, someone will notice and, uh, <laughs> and he will be nerfed. Win your games with him now, quickly. <laughs> yeah, that's my assumption. <laughs> All right, we've got one more thing to go through and that's the formation. All right, their formation that they get is Hell on Wheels. So uh, this formation is built up of one Warlord on a chariot and two Ogre Chariot regiments. Um, so that comes in for... The, the Warlord, it's actually costed it an extra 15 points, and the Ogre Chariot Regiment's at uh, plus 5. And what this does is gives the Warlord on the Chariot Rallying 1 to Chariots only, and each unit in that formation gets Rampage D3. So it gives them an extra D3 attacks to all infantry and cav models. What do we think? It's pretty cheap. I think it's reasonable. I think it's solid. Yeah. I think 15 points is a bit much for rallying one chariot only. <laughs> mm. But five points for Rampage is D3 is well worth it. Yeah, and the Warlord and Chariot ends up at 200 points base, yep. which is quite a lot. Yeah, so you're getting close to that uh, Horde territory. And that's without giving additional items as well. Mm. Without any items, yeah. So 640 points, that uh, formation is just out of, off, out of the gate. It is lots. It's okay. But it is also cool. Yeah, I think if you wanted to make a themed fast ogre army, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's probably something I'd take, to be honest. Just I like that extra speed. But um, I don't mind it. I think if you're taking most of those units already, it it fits well as a formation in that it's not like it doesn't change the unit so much that you're like, well, if I take chariots at all, I have to take this formation. I don't feel that way. But if I've already got yeah. an ogre warlord on a chariot and I've already got a regiment of chariots, I'd definitely be tempted to go ahead and grab the formation to give them that extra bit of, like, make it into a more of a theme. Mm. Why not? Yeah, why not? Hmm. All right. So what we'll do is we'll take one more break. And when we come back, we will go over army lists. All right, back soon. Many goblins are attracted to the wealth and power of ogre mercenary armies. They become camp followers and attend to all the most menial of tasks in an ogre encampment. Occasionally, hordes of these creatures are marched to war, their natural stealth and strength in numbers complementing the ogres well. Goblins are regularly pressed into service by ogre sergeants who mark them with red clothing or war paint as a sign of ownership. The so-called red goblins wear this color with pride and an uncharacteristic loyalty to their masters. While small creatures are still too cowardly for combat, the fear of their hulking masters is greater than their fear of the enemy. Red goblin bigots lead their rabble into battle on behalf of their ogre masters. They think they are in charge in reality. They wield no more power than the other goblins. 
Okay, and let's get into the example army lists now that we've gone through the entire uh, army list. <laughs> That's some shit. All right, let's get into the army lists. All right, so I'll start off with my example ogre list. I have gone for a 2,000 point limit, and I'm starting off with a horde of boomers because they're great. And then we've gone through to the Berserker Braves. I like my regiment, so I've got two of them and one horde of Berserker Braves. None of these guys have items. I've had a regiment of Siege Breakers. Why a regiment? Ooh. Because they're just a shield for my two Crocodile Wranglers. Uh, make sure that if you're taking these, to put them off-center. So if you triple charge using Siege Breakers and Crocodile Wranglers, they can all fit because you can't cross the uh, streams with the... Uh, leader points, so they have to be to the either side of the um, siege breakers. Keep that in mind. Never cross the streams. Uh, and then I've got an ogre warlock with drain life five to keep all those friends happy, and a magarok. Uh, he's there for uh, the berserker brave caddy. So if I can get a heal on those hordes, then the, mm. that horde is vicious with the thirty attacks. I think that's pretty juicy. And I've taken the formation. Mm. They're just naked, no items, but having that um, extra speed with the Warlord and then the two Ogre Chariots, my thinking there is the Chariot Regiments are like faster Warrior Hordes. It's only slightly larger in terms of the footprint, but it gives them speed 8 instead of speed 6. Uh, and with the Rally, it gives them better nerve. Um so I think that is a pretty comparable uh, buff, I guess, is what I would how I would mm. think of it. And with the extra rampage as well, it sort of um, makes up for the slight dip in amount of attacks that the uh, warrior regiment gets over from the warrior horde, warrior chariot regiment over the warrior horde. Mm. So it's just, it's basically making them really fast. Yeah, I like that. I like it. It's yeah. a bit different as well. But that's my thinking. That's my list. Hmm. A little bit of shooting with the lightning. Some good solid core. Uh, two crocodile wranglers for the winds. And the chariots for some speed. Yeah, the crocodile wrangler with the siege breaker regiment plus the speed uh, of the formation. I could see that synergizing mm. quite well. Yeah, and because they sort of speed six, like even if the breakers is run up forward and you've got crocodile grounds right behind, they can zip out the next turn pretty easily and harass. Mm. Yeah, I, I like this list the more I look at it. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Yeah, it's cool in there. What, are, what are you bringing? So like... I'm bringing 2,000 points as well. Yeah. When I went through this, my first sort of thoughts was that it's quite easy to build the list. Um, there's not many bad options, similar to undead lists, right? But mm. I went through and picked things that I hate facing against, um, pretty much. So, uh, yeah, I've gone five hordes of siege breakers. No, no, just kidding. Um, so I've gone with a horde of boomers with fire oil. Um, I really like them. Yep. I love their defensive nature. Um, two regiments of vanilla warriors. Uh, Brew of haste on hunter horde. With a crocodile, just because I had five points left over. Um, I really like that yep. speed eight on those guys coming out of 
the woods, I think is a really good a combination. Combo. Then I've gone for Berserker Braves, just in a regiment vanilla, um, or as some thick chaff. Uh, two hordes of Siegebreakers, mm-hmm. one with uh, Staying Stone, one with Fury, um, just as a, a rock-hard center. Uh, Crocodile Wrangler there, just to help them out through the middle there, just as more of a defensive chaffy unit. Uh, the Ogre Warlock with Conjurer's Staff with Drain Life 5, uh, for obvious reasons. Two Berserker Bullies, uh, both vanilla as well, um, just for the late game. Chipping away some extra wounds as well as objective play, and my auto include there with Namagarok. Yeah. Yeah, so I think it's it'd be quite a hard list to play against, but hopefully with the Hunters and Boomers and things like that, it's a little bit out of the norm but still pretty pretty tough 22 unit mm. strength on that there's only 12 drops though at 2 2k mm. so it's quite elite well mine's yeah, only 19 unit strength at 12 drops <laughs> <laughs> okay interesting okay so i went for something a bit different because i wanted to try something a little bit different to you guys um because i know you'd take the conventional stuff now now before i actually go Sorry, into the list i know <laughs> Salak was joking about it before but you could quite easily just go Five hordes of siege breakers. Five, five, God, it hurts. It pains me just to say it. It's like blood in my mouth. But five crocodile wranglers, four warlocks, and Nomagorok. Mm. Like that list is just broken, and it, it's so boring and dull. But like, I feel like people could go for it anyway. Speaking of hopefully not so boring and dull uh, units, we'll see how we go. So I set myself a little challenge. I thought Ooh. I'm not taking anything bigger than regiment. Okay. Uh, so I'm trying for like an MSU, MSU style ogre mm. list. Uh, problem is, pretty much the only regiments that unlock are warrior regiments uh, and also chariots. So I've got one unit of chariots, Braves, one regiment Braves, um, with the boots, of course, for 230 points. Um, I've got two regiments of boomers to turn around and blow up anything that flies into Maria. I've got Five regiments of warriors, which is too much copy-paste for my liking. I'd much rather that be two or three regiments of warriors, like one of the hunters and one of the uh, the, the braves or something. That's what I originally had, but I had to convert to warriors because they're the only ones that unlock. Then yeah. two crocodile wranglers, a mammoth with the big deal, and then an ogre yep. warlock, nomagorok, and the Warlord. So the Warlord has the Blade of Slashing and the Warlock has the Boomstick. Other than that, I have no magic items. So it's got one Reach Out and Touch unit with the Chariots, not that much, to be fair. It's got a whole heap of Lightning Bolt and a bit of Fireball if anyone stands behind me, sort of Fireball in this form of the Boomers and stuff. But mostly it's just a heap of a heap of regiments and little annoying units. So I've got unit strength 20 and 14 drops. So a little bit more unit strength and drops than you guys, but obviously a lot less like single individual units that can go into something and take it off. Like it's pretty low on the like impact level for an ogre list, I think. And that's 2,000 points, yeah? 2,000, yeah. yeah. Mm. But if you combine like a a warrior regiment with a crocodile and a mammoth or something, mm. like you can take things off, but it's a lot more like chip away at range. And, and I mean... The most expensive unit in the army is the chariots for 230 with the striding. So I feel like you, you want them to hit in an impactful way on a flank or something. But you've got 
uh, you got seven unit, seven regiments of of ogres to try to, you know, wrangle that as best mm. you can, and a bunch of other little crappy things. So, I think it's trying to pick its charges as best it can, and really leverage those warlocks to do as much damage as possible. Because you're going to have max lightning bolt at all times. Yeah, it could could work. Like as long as you're focus fire early, um, so that when you do finally combo charge a, a unit with your regiments, that you can just take it off. Like everything's suitably weakened. Hmm. Yeah, I feel like uh, the shooting is more like just to remove chaff, but I feel like it removes that chaff really reliably, hmm. and then it tries to just have more drops and more. Like everything's expendable, right? Those warrior regiments, five of them, it's going to take a long time to chew through them, but they're only 120 points each. So you can, mm. you can throw them in and they can die. Same with the boomers and stuff. It's, <laughs> it's going to play like a ratkin list <laughs> because, <laughs> because of you're throwing is. units away and you're doing chip damage, chip damage, chip damage, and you're not, it's not really going to play like an ogre unit. And I wanted to just build something a bit different, I guess. <laughs> it's a silly, silly list, but whatever. Yeah, so there's our three different lists. They're all pretty cool in their own way. Um, I wish that, yeah. I I feel like if I actually played Ogres, I'd probably try to take a couple of different hordes and then unlock all the cool stuff and take all the cool stuff. But Mm. to be honest, I actually feel like the internal balance of this list is not very good. It's funny that you said, so like it's so easy to build a list because like you just take take anything. But the top half of the list, you just don't take. Yeah. And and yeah. uh, even a lot of those characters that are all really good in their own right, like in almost any other army, those characters would be some of the best ones, even the ones that you don't take. But because the internal balance in the characters is a bit off too, it's like Warlord, uh, you know, Warlord, Warlock and um, and Berserker Bully all stand out as just inc- extremely powerful options. You're not really going to... Mm. And of course, Nomagorok. Yep. It's going to be hard to fit any of those others in. And, you know, the Siege Breakers are kind of better than all the other Ogre units, but some combination of Warriors, Hunters, Braves and Siege Breakers is going to be your army in virtually every single Ogre army. And, that's, and then how do you fit in when you put in all those extremely well-costed characters? How do you fit in your Giant and your your Mammoth and your mm. um, your cool stuff, your Gobos and whatever else? Yeah, the simple answer is you don't. Do right. Agreed. Well, there you have it. Three lists to copy and uh, paste in your next tournament. Let us know what you think, and if you are able to successfully use Boomer Chariots, maybe, <laughs> let us know. Otherwise, thanks for listening, and we'll speak to you soon. Thanks, guys. See ya. Not all ogres return home. Sadly, there are fatalities. Some ogres never feel the mating urge and remain in the south all their days. The Basilians have perfected a means of ensuring this. Others return home, but once their children are sired, they yearn for war and plunder, taking up their swords again. Ogre warlords are the mightiest of these war-loving veterans. They alone of the ogres venture from the south to the north and back, over and over, attending the great things every few years to entice a new generation of ogre braves into life of warfare in exotic lands. Warlords are usually bigger and stronger than the other ogres, and all are expert fighters. Rare few display a gift for tactics and strategy, and rise to high rank in the militaries of other nations. For these expatriate ogres, the ways of the southern peoples are too fascinating or just too comfortable to abandon. 
For other ogres, these warlords hold a strange mix of fascination and repulsion. That they are mighty and reaches beyond doubt, but what right-minded ogre would exchange a comfortably drafty cave for silk bedsheets in a room with a door? Thank you for tuning in with my team Make sure you follow on Facebook and Twitter Yes indeed, more than a game It's a lifestyle, yes sir Hope you realize that the math hammer doesn't work <laughs> We give the people what they desire Australian war game and podcast Direct misfire You don't want to miss a thing Yeah, we got plenty more If you're ready, let's go Stay tuned, that's for sure Hey.